Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Agriculture is Saskatchewan. And 620 CKRM is your source for everything ag. Welcome to our newly expanded Saskatchewan Agriculture Today. Here's your host, Jim Smalley. And a good afternoon. Welcome to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today. It's brought to you by Seedmasters Nova Series 2. No clever message, just simple, no-nonsense precision. Learn more about the features at seedmaster.ca. Today we take our usual Friday look at what happened in grain markets this week. Adam Pacallo from PI Financial gives us an overview on wheat and canola, which both had some gains this week after showing some harvest pressure last week. We have an in-depth interview about the incoming storm this weekend. Some parts of the Saskatchewan Grain Belt could get significant snowfall. And Terry Lang will give us a full update of when and where. Real Agriculture looks at preparing sprayers for next year. We also talk with the Executive Vice President of Sea and Rail, Sean Finn, about record grain movement this fall and preparations for grain shipments this winter. Finally, the Federal Minister of Agriculture highlights the upcoming meeting of Federal and Provincial Ministers of Agriculture and the future of business risk program changes. The farm weather is in its usual spot at the bottom of the hour. This is Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with 620 CKRM Agri-News Director Jim Smalley. Grain markets were moving up this past week. Commodity Futures Advisor with PI Financial Adam Pacallo says wheat futures were up 15 cents a bushel, and canola gained $14 per metric ton. Well, Jim, starting off on the canola front, the January nearby contract increased about $14 a ton here. So decently strong week and uh, contracts pushing to new highs. Mostly seen from the soybean and soy complex market on the soybean front, they increased approximately 50 cents a bushel on the January contract. So definitely some positivity there, as well as from this, again, soybean oil and the meal as well, too. On the Minneapolis wheat, it is increased approximately two cents a bushel here on the December contract. Uh, we are starting to see wheat kind of move around a little bit. Yesterday was a fairly positive intraday. Uh, however, it sold off kind of later in the day. And on the wheat front here, we will need kind of lots of help on the supply side to tighten stocks if there is going to want to be you know, some more bullish action here. Uh, the market really kind of failed to break through kind of some resistance areas that I'm watching. So there has been some uh, kind of bearish technical action. And uh, it seems, again, market is kind of rejecting, kind of pushing a little bit higher here. So... What I've been kind of watching here that the the international tender market still remains active on wheat, uh, but uh, the U.S. continues to struggle to get kind of much of the business. So I think that's maybe keeping the, the kind of the Chicago wheat and in turn kind of the Minneapolis a little bit lower here. What about the canola? What's pushing up the canola price quite well? 
Well, again, it's, it has a lot to do with on the soy side of things. So there has been some weather concerns for South America, and a continued strong vegetable oil market has helped to support. Um, there has been you know, a lot of exports as well, too. Uh, there's been a dramatic run, actually, in palm oil prices due to expectations uh, for Malaysian palm oil stocks to drop the lowest level in three years um, and that's I think really kind of supporting again kind of the canola market too and production efforts as, as palm plants continue to struggle due to the coronavirus and any further really complications with Argentina's crush would then really boost demand for kind of U.S. meal and you know again helping on the, the canola front too so uh, like I've mentioned I could see you know a canola still pushing higher in the coming months there has been some pullbacks you know kind of throughout the last couple of weeks but overall the the grain markets still are in a positive trend. Yeah so what is the outlook for say next week and beyond for both wheat and canola? Well, looking to to next week, there is actually a USDA report that I'm going to be watching closely because, again, you never know what could come from, from those reports. And then as well, too, really just kind of going to be watching how the Canadian dollar is affected possibly by some of these moves with the, the U.S. election. So obviously that has not been over yet. Um, and overall, the general feeling for the, the markets, whether it's the stock or the commodity, is that you know they have still been kind of pushing higher regardless of if there is going to be uh, a Biden win here, which is possibly seeming likely. Um, but that's a few things that I'll be watching for next week. Adam Picallo is a Commodity Futures Advisor with PI Financial in Regina. Back to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with Jim Smalley on 620 CKRM. This portion is brought to you by Selford Group. Call your Selford equipment dealer or visit selfordgroup.com. A big storm is on its way to southern Saskatchewan. Environment Canada meteorologist Terry Lang says the Regina area will hit be hit by rain and snow on Sunday. Well, it's going to come in a couple waves. Uh, the first wave will come through on Saturday, and that will sort of affect more of the uh, northern grain belt through central regions in there and more westerly sections. So that first wave of precipitation, if you will, uh, will give about, looks like about 10 or so centimetres to those areas. But the major uh, wave will be on Sunday. That's when the really heavy precipitation will move in. Um, and uh, that will really drive up those snowfall totals. Uh, some places it looks like the, the snowfall totals might exceed uh, 50 centimeters. That's a lot of snow. Is that a record amount for this time of year? Well, certainly it's a large amount for this time of year. The heavier amounts tend to fall on our shoulder seasons, meaning when we're transitioning from winter into spring or from um, fall into winter. So I guess we're kind of still on that shoulder season. Uh, this is a, a Colorado low, and we know that these really tend to give us these heavy snowfalls. So, uh, you know, I think a lot of people will see uh, a whole bunch of snow, and it's going to be such a change from the uh, mid-teens uh, to almost 20 degrees that we're seeing across the south right now. So this is moving in from the west and the north. When does it hit, say, Saskatoon, Davidson, and then Regina? Well, Saskatoon will be part of that first wave. Uh, so they'll see some snow on uh, through the day Saturday, probably about 10 centimeters of snow. 
uh, or so of snow. And uh, Davidson is kind of in between what's going to happen uh, between Saskatoon and Regina. Regina will actually actually see not a bad day on uh, Saturday. Probably not much going on, maybe even a, a rain shower. It's the Sunday when things are really going to get uh, fired up for Regina. And they're also going to flirt with some freezing rain. Uh, we are expecting some significant freezing rain over that southeast corner. So Regina is going to be very close to that line. And then the snow really picks up late in the day, uh, Sunday, and into overnight into uh, to Monday morning. So is this going to be a wet snow, or is it going to be snow and blowing snow? It's going to be a wet snow, and then it's going to be snow and blowing snow. It's, we, we've got everything covered here. The winds are really going to become an issue on Sunday. We are expecting to see wind gusts as high as 80, maybe even 90 kilometers per hour late in the day in that southeast quarter. So I think uh, with that much snow falling and that much wind blowing, it's it's going to be a, a real, uh, well, probably a, a good uh, winter blizzard. Hate to ask, but what time do you expect it to hit Regina on Sunday? It does look like in the morning that there'll probably be some snow flurry activity. And again, because you might be flirting with that freezing rain, you might see the freezing rain first, followed then really picking up in the afternoon and heaviest, like I said, sort of in that evening and uh, into the overnight period. Sounds like highways, roads could be pretty icy. I think so. Uh, I think people should, if they have plans to travel on Sunday, I think they should really rethink that because uh, this storm is going to cover uh, from southern Alberta all the way into uh, southern Manitoba. So people should really reconsider if they have to travel on Sunday. Uh, even into Monday, I think it's still going to be an issue across the southeast part of Saskatchewan with uh, the wind blowing as high as it is. I think blowing snow will still be an issue. Um, so make sure that, uh, you know, with the nice weather that we're having ahead of the storm, I think people should take that time to get the yards ready, get your car ready, get the house ready, get yourself ready uh, for what's coming. What will be the temperatures? Well, it'll start out actually on the mild side, uh, very close to zero, especially in that southeast corner. And, of course, with the temperature that close to zero, that actually indicates sort of what's possible because we know the heaviest snows tend to fall around the freezing mark. And because we have that southern feed, because it is a Colorado low, uh, that southern feed from the Gulf of Mexico is really adding to that moisture. So that's uh, that's why we see that mid those uh, mild temperatures. But then in behind, as the northerly winds pick up, we're going to see those temperatures really start to uh, to fall. And by Monday, it's going to be pretty cold. How cold? Well, we're talking probably towards uh, you know minus ten mark, and it's going to feel a lot colder with the winds. Terry Lang is a meteorologist with Environment Canada. Time now for Real Agriculture with Sean Haney. Brought to you in part by Karst Holdings in Assiniboia and Schlamp's Integra Tire in Grenfell. Your locally owned Integra Tire dealers on The Source 620 CKRM. This is your realagriculture.com update brought to you by the Canola School. Get canola agronomic information when you need it on your smartphone, tablet or laptop. Our library of timely agronomic information is free and available at canolaschool.com. Hey, Kara Ustros here with realagriculture.com. I am back here today with another Poll School episode, and I have here today with me Tom Wolf of Agrometrics and Sprayers 101. 
Now, it's the time of the year. Uh, we're sitting in October already somehow, and we're looking at this past spring season, what we've learned, and some of the records that are important for you to keep that may actually be beneficial in the 2021 or moving forward season. So, Tom, what can you tell me about that? Well, yeah, it is a, a time to, you know, uh, to think back. Uh, you know, you might go into your cab and, and change your, uh, you know, your carbon filter and you might notice that you've scribbled things on the windows, you know, <laughs> notes to yourself. And, uh, you know, it's almost a time to reminisce uh, and to say, all right, what, what went well? What was I frustrated with? Did, did our filling and cleaning, did that take too long or is it working well? Um, did I get stuck? Um, you know, what's the issue there? Um, you know, should I be looking at these wider, you know, LSW style tires, you know, which are becoming more popular? Like, you know, we're moving beyond the 650s into the 800s, even 900s now on spares, really monster tires for flotation. So those are the kinds of things you might want to think about. But you really want to think, uh, you know, um, did I miss a lot of day spraying because it was too windy and we did have a you know, pretty windy spring. And, you know, the the standards kind of change as you go through and you say, well, I don't want to use a really coarse spray because I'm not, I'm not sure about coverage. But if I had used a coarse spray earlier on, then maybe I would have got my spraying done in a more timely manner. That does matter. So those kinds of decisions, you know, and 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 so on. So you, you might be ready to do a continuous rinse installation or convert something else to make it more efficient. Um, those kinds of things. So if a producer, say, for example, this is their first year out spraying, um, what sort of records are they going to want to keep for next year um, when it comes to spraying and, and looking at the year? What are, what are some of those things that they should be writing down? Yeah. So, you know, the monitor gives you a performance data. Uh, most monitors do, and they'll tell you how many hours you had and how many acres per hour you performed. And typically, they'll they'll count engine hours, but when you do acres per hour, they'll only do the acres sprayed and the spraying hours you use. So only when the, the sprayer was actually on do the hours actually count. So you get actually pretty good numbers. You might have 120, 130 acres per spray hour, right? But you should really uh, then uh, write down your total engine hours and see, well, how many acres did you spray per engine hour? Because that kind of tells you how much time did you waste, you know, and the number will be quite a bit lower. It might be below 100. And um, and so you you, you want to do some math there and and, and keep a, keep track of it. You know, it also counts your gallons. So, you know, what was the average gallons uh, per acre that you put on? And you might notice some trends there as you're moving towards uh, maybe a later season spraying, more desiccation. Maybe you're doing a, you know, a, a fall application of a soil residual just before freeze up. Um, and, and you're using more water than you did before. So you're thinking, all right, you know, I'm using more water. Maybe maybe our tender system is is, is something that we should be looking at in the future. But com compare uh, from year to year that way. Uh, really interesting data. And you might say, yeah, I got to reduce my wasted time, basically. Yeah. And uh, is there any other messages you want to send to farmers, I guess, uh, heading into the spring season? Well, probably the sprayer is the last piece of equipment you'll put away in some cases if you do that before freeze up, uh, you know, uh, uh, spray. Uh, and it'll very likely be the first piece of equipment that you 
pull out of the shop as well. So it, it'll it'll be running in April already. So you you should be acting now on the kinds of improvements you want to make. Are you thinking of replacing your nozzles? You know, now's the time to act. What's your pump? Is your pump pressure good? Your pump performance good? Maybe an impeller uh, replacement or that kind of a, a buildup. Are your booms, have you still got the old plastic booms? You know, maybe it's time to put this, the steel booms on. Uh, they'll line up your nozzles a little cleaner. They're also easier to clean out. Um, you know, uh, are you hearing about weed detection? Maybe inquire about the weeded system or the green seeker system and say, what can that do on my farm? Does it make sense to me? Maybe it's time for improved sectional control, PWM even. This has been your Real Agriculture Update. You can find out more about this issue or many others at realagriculture.com. It's your agri-weather forecast on The Source 620 CKRM. The official 620 CKRM farm weather is brought to you by Shepherd Realty in Regina, specializing in farm and ranch real estate in Saskatchewan. Call Harry, Justin, or Devin at 352-1866. The 620 CKRM farm weather for today, mainly cloudy sky with 30% chance of showers. Wind northeast 20, gusting to 40 early this afternoon. The high today plus 6, the low minus 1. Saturday cloudy, 30% chance of showers late in the morning and in the afternoon. Wind east 30, gusting to 50 tomorrow. The high plus 5, the low minus 4. Sunday, when the storm is expected to arrive, periods of snow, the high minus 2 and windy, the low minus 9. Monday, periods of snow, the high minus 7, the low minus 15. Tuesday, sunny, the high minus 5, the low minus 9. Wednesday, partly cloudy, the high minus 8, the low minus 11. Thursday, partly cloudy, the high minus 5. Normal high for this date is plus 2, the normal low minus 9. The sun rose at 7.58. This morning it sets at 5.26 tonight. And around the province, the hot spot is Estevan at plus 8. The cold spot up north, Collins Bay at minus 13. Once again, Estevan is the hot spot, plus 8. Saskatoon, 4 degrees, that's plus 4. Swift Current, plus 3. Weyburn, plus 4. Yorkton is minus 1. Cloudy in Regina, plus 2. That's 36 Fahrenheit. Winds are from the north at 14. Humidity 89%. The barometer rising 101.5. There's fog in Moose Jaw, plus 2. Winds are from the north, northeast at 9. Once again, Regina, cloudy in 2. That's 36 Fahrenheit. Back in a moment. You're listening to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with 620 CKRM News Director, Jim Smalley. This portion of Saskatchewan Agriculture Today is brought to you by McDougall Auctioneers. Get fair market value for your assets with an online auction through McDougall Auctioneers. McDougallAuctions.com And brought to you by Pattison Liquid Systems, experts in liquid fertilizer distribution. Fertilizer's just better when it's wetter. Pattison Liquid Systems expect the best. CN Rail is prepared for winter rail movement of grain to port. CN Rail reported a record movement of 3.27 million tons of grain in the month of October. CN Executive Vice President Sean Finn says the railway has been setting monthly grain export records for much of 2020. Well, it's been a record year for us moving grain throughout the year, but uh, the month of October uh, is an all-time record uh, of 3.27 million metric tons. So it's not just a monthly record, it's an all-time monthly record in the history of CN. So a very good month of October. So everything came together. I often tell you it's a team sport between the, the our crews, locomotives, the cars, the grain elevators, 
the farming community, we all work together, and, and that's what produced such a, a great uh, performance when it comes to moving the crop uh, to market. And, you know, it brings us up to, uh, since August this year, to 8.23 million metric tons, which is 20% over the last year average for the same period was 6.7. So you can just see that, that uh, it's a combination of the whole year, but just this crop since August, uh, we've had three good months. On October, was an, it was an all-time record month at 3.27 metric tons. And you've had seven months of continuous record-setting months? It's more than seven. It's ten. You, know? oh, wow. you think about it. So, so you know, we 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 caught up in February, but I mean, month over month, we've uh, been setting records. And and uh, when I say ten, it's because the first six months of the year, if you average it out, would be a record. But uh, it's been an outstanding period. And you know, through COVID nineteen, right, John, our people are coming to work every day and and still doing their jobs. But it is you know, really a, a testament of uh, how the supply chain and grain uh, has really come together to perform. And you know, it's just uh, us uh, keeping our word of saying if we invest the capital, have the crews, the locomotives, and the cars, we'll, we can move this grain to market, which is you know very important to our Western Canadian farmers. Tell me about the new hopper cars you've got coming on stream. I understand they're coming shortly? Yep. So we've ordered uh, 1,500 from uh, from our friends at the National Steel Car, uh, and some from the, the from Mexico. But the majority are from Hamilton. Almost uh, almost the full order, except for 1,200 of the full order. And we've had uh, 100 already arrived, and the balance of 500 coming before year end. So the game plan is to have them available for this year's crop. So that's a, a very good example of how investing in that capital we can do so. One, one little cloud over the horizon is, you know, we, we have, uh, as you know, tabled our winter plan most recently. And in there, we had to set up the fact that uh, the federal government has put in place speed restrictions that uh, were carry over from last February, which uh, which will come into effect uh, uh, on December 1st. But are not tied to uh, weather or to the the temperature, tied to a date. And we're working very hard with, the, with Ottawa to have them review that so that we don't get in a situation where we have good weather to remove the grain crop, but we have a speed restriction. Like having, you know, being stuck behind a snowplow, if we have a grain train that wants to get to market, but we have a, a trainer front that has a speed restriction, we're going to all slow down. So, you know, I want to make sure we're telling people in Western Canada through the grain plan, winter plan, that we have to make sure that, you know, we want to have speed restrictions for safety purposes, but it should be uh, temperature related and not date related. Yeah. How does the winter grain movement look so far? I think we're going to be we're we're both prepared. I mean, we'll see this storm coming this week. What's going to happen? But uh, the operating people have uh, the equipment in place. We have the uh, repeater cars for uh, for air to put the air in the train to make sure we can keep our long trains. We have the locomotives. We have the crews. So you know, unless we have a, an unforeseen situation with COVID, which I don't think we're going to do because we've worked very hard at it, and if weather can just cooperate a little bit, I think we'll be in a position. But we have resilience in the system now. So in a bad cold week, we can recover relatively quickly, and that's what we're planning. On so, you know, I'm confident with our operating colleagues that we uh, we we are prepared for this, and that the, they're very much focused on making sure this grain crop, uh, you know, gets to market and delivered uh, like it should be by by CN. Yeah, it sounds like you are well prepared for winter grain movement. Yeah, I think uh, you know we we learned uh, it only took us a couple of years to figure it out, <laughs> almost a hundred because it's been snowing at least for a hundred years. But uh, seriously, I think that that uh, just our attention to detail and figuring out you know to have some resilience, extra capacity. You can't be very tight when it comes to locomotives and crews and cars between December and February. You have to have some some excess capacity. Uh, there's a cost related to it, but the grain is moving. So as long as if we can't afford to do so, so I think that just a just a testament that when we all work together and the railways. And invest what has to be invested to make sure the capacity is there, the, the crop will get delivered. And that's what's important here. Sean Finn is the Executive Vice President of CN Rail.
Agriculture Today on The Source, 620 CKRM. This segment of Saskatchewan Agriculture Today is brought to you by Diggleman Industries. Look to Diggleman for the most reliable, dependable, engineered tough equipment on the market. Business risk management programs will top the list of discussions at this month's Federal Provincial Agriculture Minister's Meeting. The annual conference was to have been held in July, but was postponed due to COVID-19. It was then rescheduled to October, but delayed again due to the provincial election in Saskatchewan. Unlike the usual in-person conferences that are held over two consecutive days, Marie-Claude Bebeau, Agriculture Minister for Canada, says the virtual sessions will be held one week apart on November 20th and the 27th. It's a bit... um intense to have long meetings on video conference as you probably know by now so we preferred to have it separated by one week especially that we expect to have i would say tough discussions around finding a consensus for agri-stability so we might need some time between the two discussions to work with our teams and find a, a, a way through the Agri-Stability Review has been a very long process, with several delays over the past two or three years. We are very committed to find a consensus on improving the business risk management. Mainly, Agri-Stability is, is definitely the, the first project we are looking to uh, and, and all hoping to be able to find a consensus and make significant improvements to agri-stability. One of the big hurdles will be the cost-sharing formula between the federal and provincial governments. Smaller provinces like Saskatchewan are concerned about the impact changes could have on provincial finances. We have to know how much we can all add to the program. What's the cost-sharing? Obviously from the federal point of view, 60-40 is a fair share. And also what are our priorities between removing the reference margin limit, which is my priority, I might say, I can say, but we can also, you know, increase either the compensation rate, the trigger, the cap, the maximum amount. So there are different criteria that we can change to make agri-stability more generous, obviously, but also more accessible and fairer. Other topics to be covered at the November 20th and 27 Agriculture Minister's Meeting include recent fees imposed by some big grocer retailers, as well as an update on international trade and African swine fever prevention measures. The Market Updates with Jim Smalley on The Source, 620 CKRM. Market Update is brought to you by Scott Bjornson of Hollis Wealth. For more information or to book a free consultation, call 1-800-284-9999. And brought to you by Nelson GM, Assiniboy and Avonlea. If you are a Costco member, get huge savings on current 2019 and 2020 SUVs right now. Grain prices at Viterra were moving up in early morning trading. Canola rose 80 cents at 4.9987. Number one red spring wheat gained 65 cents per metric ton at $234.80. The rest were unchanged. Durham, $288.44. Feed barley, $209.70. Flax, $671.75. Lentils, $629.50. Oats, $201.53. Yellow peas, $319.39. And feed wheat, $183.72. Minneapolis spring wheat December futures went down three and three quarter cents at five dollars fifty seven cents a bushel. 
It's the Livestock Report on The Source, 620 CKRM. The Livestock Quotes are brought to you by the Weyburn Livestock Exchange. Call Weyburn, 842-4574. And now, the latest Livestock Quotes. This is Graham Barnett with the Market Report. Heartland Livestock here in Moose Jaw. 3,800 calves here for the week. We've seen them bounce back, and why it dropped the previous week, I really have no re- idea why. Thursday's pre-store was just as good, or maybe a hair better. The cow market, though, it was dollars lower. These top butcher cows, 66 cents, stopped them on Thursday. I'm glad we only had 150 instead of the 700 from the previous week. The good cows, 57 to 64, sales to 66, and that's on the good ones. Good bulls, 85 to a dollar two, and... Into our pre-sorted sales this week, we sold 22 little red and black steers at 263 and 50, 428 tans at 280 and a half, 536 tans at 220 and a quarter. The same reds and blacks at the same weight bring 214.50, 597 tans on Tuesday at 203.75, and the 600-pound reds the same day at 195. Light heifers 178 to 192. If they're lighter in Charlie's, they could break well over two bucks. The heavier weight heifers from 165 to 183. This has been Grant Barnett reporting. Let's have one great afternoon. And the latest Saskatchewan pork prices. This is for both the Brandon and Moose Jaw plants. The same quote, $166.69 per CKG. Coming up, the Resource Report. This is the Saskatchewan Resource Report on 620 CKRM. Here's Jim Smalley. Now the Resource Report, brought to you by Olympic Buildings. See them for ag buildings, riding arenas, hay barns, and more. Build with confidence, olympic-buildings.ca. The economy added a lower-than-expected 83,600 jobs last month as employment growth slowed dramatically. Stats Canada says the unemployment rate edged down to 8.9% from 9% in September when the economy gained 378,000 jobs. Economists on average had estimated a gain of 100,000 jobs in October and an unemployment rate of 8.8%. CIBC senior economist Royce Mendez says it seems like job numbers are destined to ebb and flow over the coming months as governments try to adjust activity in attempts to contain COVID-19. Enbridge missed expectations in its third quarter results, even though its profit increased by more than 4%. The pipeline company says it earned $990 million, up from $949 million in the same quarter last year. Enbridge says the outlook reflects its strong performance since January, cost savings as well as certain offsetting headwinds anticipated in the fourth quarter. On the markets, the industrial, energy and financial sectors were down in late morning trading as Canada's main stock index gave back some of its recent gains and U.S. stock markets also pulled back. The TSX Composite Index was down 11 points to 16,286. The Dow Jones Industrial Average was down 40 points to 28,349. The Canadian dollar was trading at 76.76 cents U.S. compared to an average of 76.62 cents Thursday. The December crude oil contract was down at dollar twelve at thirty-seven sixty-seven per barrel. That's the resource report. Stay tuned for the closing grain prices at one forty-five this afternoon and an agri news report at three forty-five p.m. Monday morning there's another agri news report at six forty-five a.m. That's Saskatchewan Agriculture today. I'm Jim Smalley. Good afternoon and good farming.